the CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. Remember an old-fashioned word, comeuppance? You can even find it in the dictionary, though it is an informal, made-up word. It means, of course, deserved reward or just desserts, usually unpleasant. See, that last is new to me. I thought it was always unpleasant. Be that as it may, I'm glad to say that in this story, it was unpleasant. And never was a comeuppance more richly deserved. Sid, it's her or us. Now, all we've got to do is get there and figure fast as we can how she goes first and saves our necks. Alice, you're talking murder. You better believe me. Also, it had better not look that way. Our mystery drama, The Undying Heart, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Ian Martin and stars Mandel Kramer and Bryna Rayburn. It is sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and ARM, Allergy Relief Medicine. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Two thousand years ago, the Roman lyric poet and satirist Horace had this to say. Cursed is the wretch enslaved to such a vice who ventures life and soul upon the dice. An English poet many years later put it this way, some play for gain, to pass the time, others play. Both play the fool. Who gets by play is loser in the end. My own comment would be, I suppose, that I never met a man who had a good word for a gambler, except his bookie or his odds maker. A man, for example, like Sid Parks. Who's that? You better stay out of here. I got a gun. Who is it? Take it easy, Alice. It's me, Sid. Sid, what are you doing back in Van Nuys? You aren't due back till dinner tomorrow. Drove all night from Vegas to get here this morning. What for? Well, you put that heater away for Pete's sake. Oh, I'm sorry. What are you doing with my rod anyway? What would you do if you wake up in the middle of the night and heard someone at the door trying to get in? Not the middle of the night. It's 6.30 already. Alice, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Have you been drinking? No. No, but I got a head that feels like I have. Make me a cup of coffee, will you? I got to stay awake try to figure out what to do. Sid, what is it? What, what's happening? Make me some coffee first, then I'll tell you. Okay, okay. And we got to start packing right away. We got to take it on the lamp. I mean, what am I going to use for money? What do you mean? You have the $200 Sam page to deliver the cash. Are you kidding? That's gone with all the rest. All the rest? Sid, you broke your promise. You've been gambling again. I got took, Alice. All the way to the cleaners. Oh, you stupid fool. You know how much we needed that dough. We owe all around the lot. Yeah, a fat chance that anyone has to get paid now. Oh, they'll get paid off somehow. You still have your job. No way. Not once Sad Sam finds out what I did to him. Huh? He doesn't dump me in the harbor. The boys that never got the payoff will take care of me for him. I, I can't believe it. You didn't. I'm afraid I did, baby. All of it? All of it. The whole bundle. 
50 big ones. You gambled away all of Sad Sam's money just like it was your own? There's nothing left? Not a red cent. Oh, he's going to blow the whistle on you for sure when he... What's that? Oh, that's just the kettle. I'll make you coffee. I guess I better have some, too. Look, Alice, I didn't mean it. Honest, I didn't. I mean, Sam should never have given me that $200 up front. By the time I pulled into Vegas and parked the car, the money was burning a hole in my pocket. Yeah, well, that's all it ever does for you. You don't understand. You don't know what it does to a guy to know that he can win. To know that he can beat that wheel if he just has enough of a stake to hang in there with it. Oh. You can't ever learn, can you? Look, honey, first off, it was only a little flutter. I mean, I thought this trip was bringing me found money. So I'll shoot half of it, a hundred, that's all. And, and I started to win, to win big. You couldn't pull out then, just for once when you were ahead? Alice, I got to thinking about us. I mean, like, well, you know, we're not, we're not getting any younger, and I don't have any social security or any insurance or anything like that. And it was going so good, I thought, here's the big chance. Make that stake. The big killing, it'll put us on easy street. Mm-hmm. Only the wheel turned sour. Yeah. I, I, I had what I thought was a temporary run of bad luck, so I went into the other hundred, and that got wiped out. Oh. I mean, the way it triggered on my system, you know, one, two, maybe three spins, and I had to come out winners. So I, I borrowed some from the payoff till I was carrying. It was all in small bills, and I... You stole said Sam's money. Wasn't exactly stealing. Oh, you filched a bookie's money that he was sending to Las Vegas to pay off some hard boy who'd knocked off said Sam to the tune of 50 G's. Yes, but... And you blew it all. All? Look, I know it was a crazy thing to do, but... Well, well there's one thing anyway. What? <laughs> you won't have to worry about brains much longer. Hmm? Just as soon as said Sam or the hard boys get the news... They'll knock them out for you. Alice, we got to be long going out of here before then. Only what are we going to use for money? Where are we going to go, even if we had it? You can't hide from the association. You're a dead pigeon, Sid. Unless... Hey, what about your Aunt Esther? That's what I was thinking of. Are you sure you still figure in her will? Oh, no sweat about that. That was one thing my old man arranged with her before he popped off. I'm in for a sure hundred thousand. It's <laughs> too bad she didn't follow your old man's example a year ago when she had her heart attack. Ah, but look, she's like 86, 87 maybe. How long can she last? Don't ask me. You always tell me that New Englanders never die. They just live so long, eventually they get tired and leave. Look, right now, she's the only chance I've got. Yeah. Well, you better phone her. 6.30 in the morning, for crying out loud. Not back in the east. It's 9.30. I'm sure she's up and about. Now, what's the name of that town? Melton. But it's not going to work, Alice. Why not? First off, what do you expect me to say? And, Esther, dear, how about floating me alone for half of my inheritance so I can pay off a 50G tab I'm wearing around my neck? I can't get the money. Look, why can't you say you need it to go into business? And why does it have to be a loan? Couldn't she just give it to you right now? You say the money's there. Well, it is and it isn't. What does that mean? It's an insurance. I mean, that was my father's business. So when he died, you know, him and me weren't hitting it off so hot. So he left his money to my Aunt Esther on condition that she carried an insurance policy for me when she died. And as long as she pays the premiums out of what he left her, the policy is there. So... Just what are we going to do? Look, Alice, I don't know. I mean, the first thing i got to do is hide out someplace. And there's no nowhere better than with Aunt Esther. But I don't even have enough bread to get back east. <sighs> okay, Buster. You don't know how lucky you are. 
Why? What do you mean? Well, I got my own system for beating the odds. What? I clean out your pockets so the odd change every chance I get. I built this a little nest egg. What? Enough to take us back east to your aunt and hide if she'll take us in. Now, you better pick up the phone while it's still connected and find out if we're going to be welcome there. Enough to give a person an acute attack of deafness. I'm sorry, Emmy. But there's nothing better than rock and roll for testing a speaker. If it can handle that, it can handle anything. What do you want? Well, I got some bad news for you. What? Guess who's on the phone. Why, I, I didn't hear it ring. Well, how could you with all that caterwauling coming out of your loudspeakers? Who is it? The bank again? No, worse than that. Uh, I'd better go answer. Maybe I'll find out quicker. It's not for you. It's for Aunt Esther. She's talking to him right now. Oh, your cousin Sidney. Yes? That's bad news, all right. What's that no good want this time? I don't know. Well, if it's money, he sure came to the wrong place. Ain't none of us got a dime since the heart attack. Well, come on. We'd better go up front and find out just what he's up to. It's just so wonderful to hear from you, Sid, and to know you're coming to visit. Well, I can't tell you how wonderful it is to hear you sounding just like yourself again, Aunt Esther. I mean, after your, uh... Oh, my little heart spell. Why, that was nothing. I'm as good as new now. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, now, tell me, you you sure you have room for Alice and me? Well, sure, but I mean, Emma and Parker are with you now. Oh, I'm glad you're coming back, Sid. I'm a pretty old lady now, and it might be my last chance to see you. Oh, not you. You're going to outlive all of us. Well, I have to admit, I was a mite beacon for a while. But now I feel as if I could live forever. Well, I'm sure you will. Look, we'll fly into Boston today, so uh, you can expect to see us tonight. Well, you just... You don't know how much we're looking forward to being with you. Goodbye now. So, you're still her favorite nephew? Oh, we could count on that. Oh, thank the Lord for small favors. I guess I better start a pack while you make the plane reservations. Yeah. What's the matter now? Well, uh, I don't know. I mean, what what, what am I going to do about the house here, the furniture, the car, everything? What do you think we're going to do? We're going to walk out on them fast. Yeah, I guess we're lucky we got somewhere to head for where we can hold up. Oh, that's for sure. But that won't last long. How much of a lead do you think we'll have on the hard boys you've tangled with? The most we could hope is maybe a month before they dig you up. What are you trying to do, scare the daylights out of me? I'm trying to make you use your skull for once in your life to face the main fact. What fact? You have to come up with the do-re-mi to pay off. Look, all Aunt Esther has is the insurance. Now, who knows how long I have to wait for that. We can't afford to wait for it, Sid. We need it now. Don't you understand? We can't touch it until she dies. She's an old lady with a weak heart. If she lives a couple more years, we're dead. If she kicks off now, we're out from under. What are you suggesting? Just laying it on the line, Sid. It's her or us. Now, all we got to do is get there and figure fast as we can how she goes first and saves our necks. 
You're talking murder. You better believe me. But also, it had better not look that way. Thomas de Quincey, the English author, once wrote an essay on this subject. It was titled, Murder as One of the Fine Arts. A quote from that article is, If once a man indulges himself in murder, very soon he comes to think very little of robbing. We have the opposite side of the coin. The robbing has been done. But will murder be something that Sid or Alice can consider worth so little thinking? I shall return shortly with Act Two. Now, let me see. Where were we? A compulsive gambler has lost $50,000 that did not belong to him. Worse still, the money was in payment of a debt from a bookie to a gangster. The gambler, Sid Parks, has an aunt whose debt would enrich him by twice what he owes in insurance money. And because he must hide to save his life, he has fled to join this aunt in a quiet suburb of Boston. How long he can remain hidden there from the forces of retribution is problematical. To solve that problem, and the larger one, Sid's woman has offered the only solution. The aunt, Esther Gardner, must die. The only question left now is how. That's the phone, Parker. I'll get it on Esther, don't you get up. But it must be Sid. I want to talk to him. You will, if that's who it is. Hello? Hello? Uh, who's that, Parker? That's right. Uh, Sid here. Yeah? Uh, we just got in. The plane was late. So I see. I, I, I just wanted to make sure if we should uh, still come on out tonight. Well, it's pretty late. Especially for Aunt Esther to be up, given her condition. Oh, stuff and nonsense, Parker. It does me good to have some kind of fling now and then. Hey, give me that phone. Now, Aunt Esther, don't you think... I think you've got to stop treating me like an invalid and go on about your business, Parker. Uh, Sid? Sid, is that you? And Esther, I can't wait to see you. Where are you? Oh, right here, Logan Airport. Oh. Look, uh, why don't we just uh, put up at the uh, airport motel tonight and not bother you? Uh, now, you listen to me, said Parks. You're coming right on out here immediately. Why, we're practically around the corner from the airport. And you're talking to family. All right, all right, Aunt Esther, I give in. Don't you scold me now. Oh, I'm not scolding. I've just missed you. And now you get a bus or a taxi and you... Well, I'll get... do better than that, Don. I'll rent me a nice big car and I'll be there in no time. Well, you hurry along now. I'm looking forward to meeting your wife. Oh... They come in here? Of course. The woman, too? You mean his wife? I mean Alice. Now, you keep a civil tongue in your head, Parker. Who is to say they're not married? Emma's getting a spare room ready for them, isn't she? I reckon. Now, you don't have to mooch around so about it. That's the way I feel. But I'm thinking of Emmy, mainly. Emmy? Oh, she's not still jealous of Sid. How could she be now? You just don't like him much. With reason. What reason? The same one I can't about him. Or any man who figures the world owes him a living. He's the one as a mooch. What do you suppose is bringing him back this time? Why, he told me he has business here in the East. Monkey business, I'll be sworn. Oh, don't be silly. 
Sid is doing very well indeed. He's even leasing a car to drive out here. He can afford it with free room and board. Now, that's not a nice thing to say, Parker. The way I feel, Esther. Maybe because I don't find my cousin-in-law all that nice either. Got the most expensive car, Alice. It builds the image. What's the difference? Doesn't cost anything out of pocket on a credit card. Well, you shouldn't have put it on that. From now on, stick to cash. Which we don't happen to have much of. What's the big excitement that I use a credit card? Oh, brother. It's a good thing up to now you stuck to petty larceny. Because, boathead, a credit card can be traced. Well, I never thought of that. Oh, it's too late to have any fits over it now. Just keep our fingers crossed and get on with what we have to do before any of the boys back there catch up to you. How did the old dame sound? Healthy as a horse. We've got to find a way to stop her from running. I wish you wouldn't talk like that. I wish I didn't have to. But it's either Aunt Esther or you going to be pushing up daisies. Are you ready to make the choice? Will you give me a chance to figure how? Say something, Emmy. Say something? Oh, I've been screaming my head off trying to get your attention. What are you doing? Oh, just fussing around with the tape deck. Pretty near got it all set up now. That was a reverb you were hearing. Huh. <laughs> got a lot of echo effects I can get. Some of them enough to scare you out of house and home. Sound like ghosts or one of them encounters. Well, well now, you save all that for just down at the shop enough to wake up the whole neighborhood. Uh, not with the insulation I got in the basement here. Never mind that. And don't give me none of your electronic ghosts. I got enough of the live kind right here in the house. Uh, ghouls, more like. They're here. Oh, dear Sid. And there's no woman. Huh? Alice. Uh, some name for a man-eating shark. Uh, what's he looking for? Another handout? To hear him talk, he's on top of the world. Drove up here in a big limousine or whatever. Both of them dressed to the teeth. Claims they hit a big out west. Well, maybe he has, Emmy. I believe that the day they pour cement over Boston Common and make it into a parking lot. So you don't think Sid's just dropped by for a visit? When did Sid ever drop by anywhere for just? You know he always has what he calls an angle. (laughs) The usual one, money. I reckon. Only one thing I don't quite understand. What's that? He sure brought along enough bags and baggage. Never done that before. Looks like he's got a notion to settle down here. That wife, or whatever she is, is busy unpacking him. Wanted to know if we had an extra closet. Where's the cousin? Oh, that's sweet-talking Aunt Esther. For all the good it'll do him. We hope. Come on upstairs, Parker. I have your hot chocolate ready. It's almost 10 o'clock in our bedtime. I don't propose to let Sid Parks change our habits, any. That's because a rotten apple like him has turned up again in our barrel. Yeah, I wouldn't want him spoiling the rest of us. He won't. Let him find out for himself. He's already gotten his comeuppance in this household. By the grace of God. You sure there isn't anything I can bring you, Aunt Esther? Uh, no, Sid. Uh, just bringing yourself back to visit is more than enough. Oh, uh, since Emma has already turned in, if you want, like a good boy, you could 
Hand me my pills there on the bureau. Oh, sure. These, uh, these right here? Uh, no, uh, those are only sleeping pills. Land's sakes, you never need those. Still sleep like a baby. Uh, that other bottle there. Oh, this one. Uh, what is it? Oh, I never can remember those fancy names. Uh, something for my heart. It's written there on the label. Digitalis. Oh, uh, yes. What's it supposed to do? If you can believe it, it slow my old heart down a little. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, there's a contradiction for you. Those seeing you again has stepped it up a piece. Well, I, I, I didn't guess that I'd mean all that to you still. Sid, your father was my favorite brother. And I have to admit, his son reminds me so much of him. You've got to be a favorite, too. Well, you know, that goes both ways, Auntie. You, uh, you, you, you want to take this, uh, digitalis now? Uh, I suppose. J- just one. I have to be careful on the dosage. Well, how comes such a big bottle? Well, I have to take one three times a day. Oh, thanks. Need some more water in the glass? No. There's enough. Well, what about this hot chocolate that Emma brought you? <laughs> well, no, I... I'll tell you about that. Myself, I can't abide it. But Emmy's so good, I don't like to hurt her feelings. So, do you know what I do? No, what? Well, I keep it by me, and as soon as she goes to bed with Parker, like clockwork, 10 p.m. every night, I just get up and pour it down the sink. You you won't let on now. Oh, I wouldn't think of it. Well, I guess it's about your bedtime, too. Hmm? Oh, I... This is a special night. No, we don't have to rush it. There's something I want to say to you, Sid. Oh? What's that, Annie? Well, I can't tell you how happy it makes me feel to see you with a fine woman. And so successful. Business is really good, huh? Well, I, uh, <clears throat> I don't like to boast, but uh, yes, as a matter of fact, it is, yes. Annie, um, there's something I want to talk to you about. Well... Here I am. Oh, this this time. This... Uh, no time like the present, Sid. Well, all right. You know, what I was thinking was uh, about you. Yes? If um, if you would like to make a little investment, let's say, you know, like $50,000 or so, I could promise you to double or maybe even triple that within one year. Oh, wouldn't I like to. But I... I just don't have the money. Well, if there's some way I could help you raise it. Uh, no chance, Sid. Matter of fact, cash is a little problem around the house lately. Oh, how come? I thought uh, Parker had this hi-fi business or whatever it is that's very successful. I mean, I even thought if maybe he had some extra cash lying around, I could build it up for him. Oh, no. I'm afraid this is a family that's strapped for daily cash and just has to live on expectations. Oh, you know how your father set everything up. Oh, sure, sure, Auntie, I know. And look, my first night home, this is no time for this kind of talk. Oh, Sid, you make me feel so warm and safe. The only thing I worried about was your father's way of thinking. Always the future, never the present. You, uh, you didn't let the insurance go. Oh, oh, no, never. Last thing I would ever do. I promised him. I tried to keep my... my promise. Promises. Promises.
glasses. I'm sorry, Anister. I just can't wait any longer for them to come true. What are you waiting for, Sid? Have a heart, Alice. We've got the opportunity of a lifetime. We've got to grab it. Not so fast. Give it time. We haven't got time. How long do you think it's going to take the association or the syndicate or whatever name you want to give those crumbs to catch up with you? And when they do, you better be ready. Okay, okay. But i got to work things out. What's to work out? A lady with a weak heart. A giant-sized bottle of digitalis. All it needs is an overdose. And she goes to sleep for good. It's not that simple. How do I give her an overdose with those two watchdogs, Emma and Parker, around? You put the watchdogs to sleep. How? You said she has phenobarbital she never uses. Well, your ever-loving cousins live by the clock. One chocolate drink every night and off to Betty by. So, spike the chocolate. What they don't know may hurt them, but it sure won't bother us. I don't know. How can we be sure that we'll be in the clear? Well, that's the one thing we've got to figure out. What we need is an alibi. What I need is 50,000 bucks free and clear and forget about this. There's no other way you can get the money free and clear. So let's get down to cases. Now, what we have to worry about from now on is... How do we keep our skirts clean? I offer a quote from Alfred Lord Tennyson. Men at most differ as heaven and earth. But women, worst and best, as heaven and hell. And I can qualify it by agreeing that it is chauvinistic in general. But in particular, where these individuals are concerned, the quote is valid. Without his own Lady Macbeth to spur him on, Sid Parks would not have done what he did. I shall return shortly with Act Three. taken three days for Sid and Alice Parks to perfect their plan to murder Sid's Aunt Esther. Now all that remains is to put it into practice. The only difficulty is that planning is one thing, action another. In fact, it's questionable if it ever would have gone into action if it hadn't been for a phone call that Sid received on the fourth day. The man on the phone asked for Sid Parks. That's you, isn't it? Well, yes, Emma, but how did he know that... Uh, did he say what he wanted? I didn't ask him. I'm like some other people. I can mind my own business. I wouldn't keep him waiting at long distance. Oh, excuse me, Alice. Oh, pardon me if I'm in your way. Who is it, Sid? I don't know. Close the door. Yeah, sure. <sighs> Who'd be calling you long distance? That's just the trouble. Who else? I told you they'd find you. What am I going to do? First off, you'd better answer the phone. Yeah. yeah. Hello, uh, this is Sid Parks talking. You wanted to talk to me? But I wasn't running out. I was just trying to trying to get the dough together to make good, that's all. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Look, I, I promise. I just got to go to New York overnight, then I'll be back here from then on. Sure, 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 by Monday. I know, I know I can't lose you. I ain't gonna try. Who? One of the mob. Hmm. 
There's a contract out on me, Ellis. How did they find you? What's the difference? They did. So? I got to Monday. Yeah. You said we're going to New York tonight. That's it. That means we're going ahead. What else can I do? Don't ask me. I told you it was what you were going to have to do since the beginning. Take us to get to New York. Uh, four or five hours. We won't go into, into the city. You got a reservation in a motel right near LaGuardia. Yeah. Are you sure you set up everything? Best I can. Some of it we'll just have to play by ear. Well, I did my part. The chocolate is spiked with enough phenobarbital to put Parker and Emma fast asleep and out of your way. Oh, you got the tape? I got it. And the recorder? Got that, too. Are you sure I can handle that all right? I'll show you once we get to the motel. Uh-huh. Well, what plane do you plan to get? I got to make that 8 o'clock shuttle. That'll put me back at the house by 9.30. Mm-hmm. Then I'll get the 11 o'clock or the midnight back to New York out of Boston, depending on how soon the dope knocks them out. Oh, I just wish it was over with. Just wish I didn't have to do what I have to do. You know what I really wish? What? I wish I could be sure you really have the guts to go through with it. Okay. I pick up the phone. And as soon as the desk clerk answers, I hit the button on the tape machine and hold the receiver to the speaker. That's right. This is Mr. Sid Parks in room 219. I want to make a call to Boston, area code 617-555-4495. I'll talk to anyone who answers. Okay. But supposing they ask a question about the number or something. I've covered that. Now, if they do, you come right on the phone saying something like... Uh, I'll make the call for you, Sid. Uh-huh. You better finish that presentation. Oh. At the same time, you hit the button again, and they'll hear. Okay, Alice, I, uh, I better get it finished. I just want Ed to make sure Aunt Esther's all right. Then you answer something and hold on. It's just enough to establish that I'm here in New York and couldn't be in Boston. The whole alibi hangs on that. But what if Aunt Esther answers? Oh, she should be asleep. And the phone's not in her room anyway. Just don't let it ring too long. Yeah, well, let's figure the worst. What if Parker or Emma answer? Say that you're calling to see how she was. Make out like, like you're in a hurry, you see, and get off. And how do I warn you? Well, that's when you slip outside of the payphone and call me at the, at the phone booth number that I gave you. It's right on the corner, about a half a block from the house. Uh-huh. That's one call we don't want traced. <sighs> okay. Now, what time do I call? From here at the motel, 10.30 on the nose. Then you can try again at 10.40. And if I don't hear from you before 11, then I'll know that the coast is clear. You really are going to go through with it? It's my neck or hers. What can I do? Oh, Amy. I thought you'd never get back. Did you take Esther her hot chocolate? Oh, yes, Parker. Oh. Tonight I made sure she drank it. Oh, she's been that fidgety ever since Sid turned up again. Yeah, I reckon we all have. Well, I'm not tonight. I can hardly keep my eyes open. I thought I'd fall asleep before I could get out of Auntie's room. Yeah, I feel that way myself. What time is it? Oh, quarter till ten. Hey, I'll bed early for a change. I can tell you, I don't mind. Mm. With Sid and that woman out of the house, We'll all sleep the sounder. Hello? Sid? Alice? Yeah. Anything wrong? No. Everything went like a breeze. 
I didn't even have to say anything that first call. Good. No answer? No. Or the second time. All right, I can see the house from here. It's been dark for an hour. Okay, this is it. All things being equal, maybe I'll make the 11 o'clock plane. Sid? Yeah, it's me. Oh, how come you're so late? Wouldn't you know that she must have drunk the chocolate too tonight? Oh. She was fast asleep like the others. I had one heck of a time getting her awake enough to take the digitalis. But she did. Half a bottle, enough to kill either of us. Oh, so, so it's over with. Yes, yes, it's over. Now we wait. And, and, and what? If we don't hear, tomorrow night we go back like we said we would. But I left the number of the motel here when we made the reservation, so maybe we'll get a call. In the meantime, I've had it. And no one saw you leave or come back? No. As far as anybody's concerned, we checked in, never left the room, and slept the night through in peace. Uh -huh. Except for the call that I left for the morning. You do have an appointment. Oh, yeah. It's all covered. The alibi's airtight. No way it can be broken. We're in the clear, baby. Let's get a good night's sleep for a change. Yeah, that's right. Who's this? Uh, this is uh, Lieutenant Thomas O'Brien, Milton City Police. I, uh, I'm afraid I have a bad shock for you, Mr. Parks. A shock? It's about your aunt, Miss Esther Gardner. Oh, don't tell me she passed away. We were called here on emergency by a Mr. and Mrs. Wilson. Yeah, well, Mrs. Wilson is my cousin. It seems that somehow your aunt took an overdose of digitalis. Uh, medicine she was taking for her heart condition. Where is my aunt now? Well, they've rushed her to the hospital. She's still alive? Mm, I'm sorry to have to say it. that's just routine. The amount your aunt took was more than enough to stop a healthy person's heart, let alone a woman with a bad one to begin with. Well, you want us to drive back immediately? Well, now, I don't see there's all that need. Mrs. Wilson tells me you plan to be back by tonight. That's right. Well, why don't you leave it at that, sir? There's nothing you can do here to help us before then. I'll tell Mr. and Mrs. Wilson you'll be back as planned. And I'm, uh, I'm sorry to wake you with such news. Well, that's all right. That's all right. I was due to get up in half an hour anyway. Thank you, Lieutenant. Well? We did it, baby. Oh. We pulled it off. From now on, we're on easy street. <laughs> all we have to do now is play it cool. Almost there, Alice. Our troubles are over. Yeah, we don't know what's waiting for us at the house. Whatever it is, we can handle it. It's all downhill from here on in. Well, I'm not looking forward to facing Emma and Parker. Don't worry, we can handle them. Oh, the lieutenant. No worries about him. Okay, here we are. Yeah, kind of late. What time is it? Oh, nearly midnight. All right, forget the bags, huh? Let's get in and see what's happening. Yeah, maybe we better get the bags. Looks like rain. All right. I got mine. You handle yours. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you you got your key? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Funny, the house is so dark. Ah, you know Emma and Parker. I guess they turned in. So, go ahead. Open the door. What's keeping you? I don't know. I just got this kind of creepy feeling. Oh, grow up. Open the door. Okay, okay. Just can't blame me for being a little bit, uh, you know. It's a little late to develop a conscience. She's dead, Sid. And that's just what you wanted. Now, open the door. Sure. Get in. Get in, you fool. Close the door. Scared the devil out of me. Okay. Hey, now let's get upstairs. Turn on the light. 
Come on, come on, turn it off. I did, I did. It don't work. Oh. What do you think's wrong? What's that? I don't know. Come on, let's find some light before we can... Welcome home, murderer. I've been waiting for you. That's her voice. You didn't expect to see me, did you? Why should you? Knowing that I was dead... I can't see you. Well, don't fall for this sin. Some kind of trick. Parker and his hi-fi junk. No trick, Alice. Look toward the stairs. Here I am. At the head of the stairs. Shall I come down to you? No, you can't. You're dead. Why should I be dead? Because I gave you the medicine. Then you swallowed it and you lay there just like I wanted it dead. Why would you want me to be dead? Do you hate me so much? I don't hate you. I was desperate. I gambled away all my money the only way I could get enough to pay off. shut up. No, no, I wanted to know that I didn't want to hurt you. You fool, this is some kind of trick. Oh, how can it be a trick? You see her, don't you? If we see her, then somehow she's not dead. Your only chance is to kill her again. You got a gun? What are you waiting for? Don't reach for the gun, Mr. Barge. We have you covered. Okay, Mills. Travis, put the handcuffs on them. They're both under arrest. I still don't understand what happened. What went wrong? I wish Aunt Esther could be here to tell you for herself. But she just can't face you, Sid, after what you tried to do to her. Aunt Esther is still alive? She can't be. I mean, I, she took it. I saw her swallow all that medicine and then go limp. I saw her die, I tell you. I saw Will her. you keep your mouth shut? Aunt Esther is alive. Oh, yes, very much so. Then that wasn't her ghost. That, I mean, when we... No, that was an elaborate little hoax that Parker Wilson and his electronic equipment were able to arrange. Unfortunately, when you forced Mrs. Gardner to take the digitalis, she was also half-drugged and her recollection was a little fuzzy. But hearing you convict yourself out of your own mouth cleared everything up. And how could she not be dead? Nobody. Especially somebody with a weak heart could possibly have lived after a dose of digitalis like that. It all looked so neat, Mr. Fox, didn't it? The perfect murder. But there was one little thing you overlooked. Something no gambler should have missed. Oh, don't look so shocked. I've spent the day checking up on you. What did I miss? The element of chance. I don't understand. I'd like to be the one to tell him this. When Aunt Esther went to the hospital last year with her heart trouble, the time you couldn't have cared less about her, didn't even waste a phone call to see how she was, they put a pacemaker in to control her heart. And that was enough to keep her heart going in, in spite of the digitalis? There wasn't any digitalis in that bottle. But I saw the pills. She took them regularly. They were only for her peace of mind. Because she'd grown accustomed to taking them before she went to the hospital. To make her feel secure, Dr. Brandon gave her a placebo instead. But let her think she was still taking digitalis. I wonder now if it had been digitalis, if she mightn't have lived just the same. You know, you were dealing an awful cold deck, Mr. Parker. Uh, just one more thing to eat your heart out, Sid. Parker and I had to pay for that hospital trip. I took all our savings. So Aunt Esther has made us the beneficiaries from her insurance policy. Instead of you. You see what I mean, Mr. Parks? The element of chance. <laughs> That's one thing you didn't stand from the very beginning. 
Floyd and Alice were brought to trial and convicted of aggravated assault, which is a legal way of saying attempted murder. They received varying sentences. Alice, five to ten years. Sid, ten to twenty. What Alice thought about her sentence, we don't report. What Sid did about his should be obvious. The mob has a long memory. He was better off behind bars, even knowing they'd still be waiting for him when he got out. I'll be back shortly. Another footnote to our story. Something the poet George Herbert had to say on the substance of this one. Play not for game, but sport. Who plays for more than he can use, with pleasure stakes his heart. Sid Parks chose to stake not only his own, but an old lady's, and turned up losing not hers, but his own. Our cast included Mandel Kramer, Bryna Rayburn, Joan Shea, and Ian Martin. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.